your eyes and your vision are under attack, damaging blue light from the sun. Your phone, your computer, your tablet, even light bulbs and car headlights is constantly bombarding you. The good news is our eyes actually already have a line of defense to counter the effects of blue light. This defense is made up of three pigments called carotenoids. MacuHealth with Micromycel, the only supplement with the exclusive patent on all three macular carotenoids and Micromycel technology. The All Eyes Visual All VRP is a portable vision testing platform that includes visual fields, acuity, color vision testing, pupillometry, and extraocular motility. The visual leverages virtual reality, artificial intelligence, and augmented technologies to enable eye care providers to test for and monitor common eye diseases. Visit alleyes.com for more information. With more screen usage and indoor time, myopia, also known as nearsightedness, is increasing and getting worse in children. Now, certified eye doctors can prescribe my sight one day the first and only FDA-approved soft contact lens to slow myopia progression in age-appropriate children. Visit coopervision.com to find a Brilliant Futures certified eye doctor near you. Do your patients know what presbyopia is? There are people who are afraid of the press. Have you talked to your patients about multifocal contact lenses? I've heard the bifocal, but not right, multifocal. Not multifocal. Do you need help with your multifocal strategy? Learn more at the conclusion of this episode. Hello and welcome to the Open Your Eyes podcast. I'm Dr. Kerry Geld, the host of the documentary, Open Your Eyes. If you're new here and you like our interviews, press like, subscribe, share, and hit the bell to get notifications of great new interviews. Also, please leave comments. Great news, you can now watch our full-length documentary, Open Your Eyes, on Amazon Prime, Apple TV, iTunes, Google Play, and YouTube movies and shows. Many have considered traditional science learning to be dull and monotonous, but science, if taught through entertainment, becomes fun, fascinating, and alive. Today's guest, Minnesota-based practicing optometrist, Dr. Joseph Allen, teaches common eye issues through fun and, ex and, ex and his exciting YouTube channel, Dr. Eye Health. Dr. Eye Health has over 640,000 subscribers. Dr. Allen has been featured on Ask Men and Oprah Daily. Dr. Allen, thank you for joining me today. Hey, thank you so much, Carrie. This is, this is fantastic. This is a huge honor for me. Well, it's an honor for me as well. So let's go back to the beginning. Why did you start your, your amazing YouTube channel? Well, uh, thank you. Uh, first of all, just um, this is a huge, uh, I feel very honored that the, the YouTube channel has had any success that it has. Uh, I got into it uh, largely because I was practicing. I came out of residency, uh, started working at a private practice as an associate doctor, and uh, I realized I loved the teaching aspect. I loved explaining the disease to my patients and getting them to kind of see that aha moment that they can do things in their lifestyle to better themselves and it'll affect their eyes, their vision. But I also felt really frustrated at the time constraints of general practice. Uh, I know a lot of times you, you go in to see like your family doctor and you maybe only have like five minutes with them to ask them a question and you've got like 30 questions and they just don't have the time. And eye doctors are in kind of the same constraint. You know, we have to keep going to the next, somebody's waiting, you know, and next thing you know, you're 20, 30 minutes behind. Uh, so with all of that in mind, 
with my love and passion for teaching, uh, I kind of had this crazy idea one day that what if there was like a TV show about eye care? What if questions people were going on to Google for asking, you know, asking Dr. Google, we all get frustrated by that. Like, what if the person that you found on the other end of that search result was a knowledgeable eye care provider that could not just explain something, but show you more visually what could be going on with the eye. And so I thought instead of waiting for somebody else to do it, uh, I have to kind of figure out how to do it myself. So uh, that was back in kind of late 2017 when I kind of came up with that idea and uh, started producing videos and launched that at uh, the first video went up summer of 2018. You're like Joe Allen, the eye guy. <laughs> it's uh, certainly gained some inspiration from like Bill Nye, the science guy, which I grew up watching a lot of as a kid. Uh, actually, cooking shows were an inspiration because I just love cooking. I love learning. And so I was like, gosh, there's got to be ways to just kind of better show and explain what we do as eye care professionals and how we help people and how people can, again, kind of better themselves uh, and protect their eyes and their vision throughout their life. I mean, you're so good at it. You're such a good teacher. Were you like an actor growing up? Did you do acting or anything? Uh, you know, I was in a little bit of drama in high school, but I wasn't very good. I was always like the person who is kind of casted as kind of that extra character in the background. Uh, but I think I always enjoyed either, uh, actually before I even got into science and everything as like a young kid, I wanted to be like a... Uh, a meteorologist on TV and like doing the weather report. That was kind of like my kindergarten, what I want to be when I'm, when I grow up, that's what I wanted to do. It's so funny. I wanted to be a meteorologist as well. And I remember in eighth grade science class, we were talking about meteorology and I asked the teacher, I said, you know, I was always fascinated for some reason, how much snow we got, you know, but there was always these drifts and, you know, and then the guy goes, well, you just go out and stick a ruler in the, in the ground. I go, that kind of blew it for me. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's impressive. I mean, here in my my hometown, uh, we actually have considerably one of the most famous meteorology like programs, uh, I guess, uh, in at least in the central central Midwest. Uh, and so, I guess I could have gone that direction, but hey, I'm very happy with uh, with eye care and, and how things have turned out. So. so, you have so many subscribers. How did you get all those subscribers? You know that I again, I'm very thankful for it. Every single person uh, that subscribes means something to me. Uh, the The channel, uh, you know, starting off, it was really difficult. I didn't really understand how it all worked, uh, and I I kind of was let down. I actually hit kind of a how would you say kind of like a midlife crisis event about three four months into making these videos because it puts it takes a lot of time and effort. Uh, I didn't know how to use a camera or you record or edit videos. I had to kind of push myself through growing brains to kind of learn all of that. And about three, four months into it, I basically kind of burnt myself out. I had almost nobody watching. <laughs> I had like 16 subscribers and those are all my friends and family. And even they weren't really watching. Uh, and at, at one point uh, I talked to a friend and he's like, Hey, you like doing this. You like making these videos. So just keep doing them. Even if nobody watches, uh, and at the, at the, at the end of the day, at least you'll have this library of videos you can share with your patients. And I agreed with that. Uh, so I kept going, didn't burn myself out, but then after about four months, all of a sudden 
one of my videos, I think, got suggested after a very popular video that had just like millions and millions of views all the time. And I, I remember because my phone, I had it set that every time I got a subscriber, I would get an email notification from, from YouTube. And I was at the clinic on a Saturday working in the morning and my phone started beeping in my office and you could kind of hear it through the walls. And by the time like noon came around where I could actually get to my phone to look at it, it had beeped so many times that the battery had drained and my phone died. So I gained almost one to 2000 subscribers like in a day. And uh, that was kind of a proof of concept. Like, hey, this is useful information. This is like something that people like to know about that's not really available uh, to the public in, in many lights. So uh, once it was kind of proof of concept, I kind of dug into YouTube and understanding how it works a little bit more. And I'm just very grateful that uh, it's continued to, to work for both me and other people. And you do it, you said you do it all by yourself. You don't have any help. Right now, um, I've used a couple of different editors, but it's mostly been me. Uh, I actually have more of a regular editor that I hire for uh, starting as of this year in 2022. Uh, but uh, in the past, it's largely all just been done myself. And how long does it take you to write an episode? Research, hey. right? Yeah. Um, so I am, you know, some videos are easier, but I would say in general, it takes about one to maybe two and a half hours to write a video, probably another hour to set up for the video, maybe a little bit more, maybe another hour to shoot it, uh, maybe a little bit more than that. <laughs> it depends how complicated the video is or how, if I want to change scenes, if I have to shoot a lot of B-roll of like uh, certain zoomed in sections of eyelids and, and other things. And then the editing process can often takes six to 10 hours for one video. Uh, and, and it really depends. I've gotten faster at it. So, but uh, yeah, it takes, it takes a bit of time. Oh, you're great at it. I mean, the videos are fantastic. Have you ever thought about teaching at one of the optometry schools? I don't think there's any, is, there's no optometry school in Minnesota, but uh, have you ever thought about that? I have, and I've had people suggest, uh, suggest that for me as well. Uh, right now, because the video production does take a lot of time and a lot of like premeditation to plan things out, uh, right now I work part-time. I work two days a week uh, as an associate doctor at a clinic that has somewhere between usually two to four students a, a trimester. Uh, they're all fourth years, and that allows me to kind of teach at the same time, but also learn from them. Uh, and it kind of pushes me to always know more. So if they ask a question that may sound silly, it pushes me to go back into the research, uh, pull out my textbooks and, and try to find a better answer. So it, I think it pushes me to be a better talker. Um, but right, right now I'm loving where I'm at and maybe, maybe teaching is something uh, I'll pick up more. I do plan to do CE lectures for more uh, for, for doctors and healthcare professionals. So well, that's great. Well, let's get into some of the, your most common, uh, videos, which, you know, I went through and I watched a, a number of them and they are great. I got to tell for people watching out there, you got to go to Dr. Allen's, uh, Dr. I health. He's fantastic. He's very entertaining. If, uh, I, I, by watching him, I would think he'd be great on a sitcom at night. He's so good. And, uh, maybe give up optometry, but you know, I know you love optometry and you, 
you, you love helping patients. So let's talk about color vision. You had a vi video, are you colorblind? 1.3 million views. So talk a little bit about color vision, color blindness, color deficiency. Are people really colorblind? How many, tell us about color vision. Well, thank you uh, for, for asking that. Of course, as you know, in the, in the eye care world, we don't call it color blindness. We call it color vision deficiency. Uh, it's very rare for someone to be truly color blind. Uh, there is rod monochromacy, but uh, it's very rare. The uh, most people, especially men or little kids that you'll have in the clinic, uh, if, they're a, if they're a male, they're, it's around 8% of the population has some form of red, green color deficiency. And we usually just test for that using some pretty standard tests. There's the classic ones that everyone uh, has probably seen since they were a kid with the numbers. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, there's some newer ones uh, that, and even computerized ones that many clinics utilize now. The, the, the magic of that video that we did uh, was largely because it was just the standard Ishihara test that we, we learn in the clinic. And most eye clinics, I think, at least have a standard Ishihara uh, color vision screener. And that's the one with that, the, the people at home. That's just the one with the plates that you that you'll see at your regular eye doctor. Right. It's the, the one with the plates with different numbers and sometimes um, some different squiggles on there. Uh, the ones that everybody tries to memorize because they don't want to <laughs> get things wrong. Uh, so I thought, you know what, let's just do this video. Uh, you know what, the challenge thing behind the scenes that people don't see is because as, as you know, the testing distance for that test matters because they're made with those tiny little circles, right? You, you see like, they're like, it's a color plate with like hundreds of little circles. So the testing distance does matter. And I tried to adjust for the camera, how zoomed in everything was based on how far I thought people might be watching it from, whether it was their desktop or their phone. And so if you are too close to the screen, if you're using it from your phone and you're too close to the screen, it's not people will have a harder time seeing it because of how the how close the circles are, which is just a funny kind of behind the scenes thing. But uh, it it overall, um, I think it's helped a lot of people just to kind of better understand, oh, what should they be seeing? What what is somebody does? Do they see it? Do they not? Uh, and then just try to encourage people that, hey, to fully have this evaluation, they do need to see their doctor and have it done like like officially. It's not just something they should just watch online. And you talk about what causes color vision in, 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 the, the, in your show. Tell us what causes color vision and uh, the genetics behind it, if you could. Yeah. So, uh, you know, whenever you're on these podcast sort of things, you try to be like, oh, geez, I wish I could remember the exact phrase. The important thing that I try to explain to people is that in the back of the eye, in the retina, your color vision is really based on certain amount of cones. Your rods in the retina give you black and white vision. The cones give you color. And the cones are all kind of focused right in the center part of the back of the eye that gives you the most like critical vision, gives you really sharp eyesight. Now these cones are basically based off of red, green, and, and blue perception. And the mix that you have of those cones give you a, a little bit more subtle appearance of these different mixes of colors that, that we see with our eyes. For color vision deficiencies, there are different types. 
So somebody could be born, let's say, without any green cones. That might be a hard time for them because now they can't see, they can't settle, they can't pick up the green. But most people, in fact, will have that they don't, or they're not missing these cones, but they are just deficient. They don't have as many, or they're not as sensitive in those, in those different color hues. And so depending on that, the amount that they have, the genetics that kind of predispose for that, they'll experience the world in a different way. So uh, thankfully now there's a lot more research going into it. I know even at some point they were looking into a genetic uh, testing that they were doing on monkeys, uh, being able to kind of see if they could change their DNA so that they could train, actually help monkeys prove one, that they were color vision deficient, then give them a treatment uh, and changing their genetics and then being able to prove afterward that they could in fact see those color hues afterward. So now that there's a lot more kind of research going into genetic treatments for different diseases, I wonder at some point we may have a genetic, a genetic treatment for color vision uh, that'd be pretty fascinating. I have no idea when or if that's going to come out, if that's a possible thing, but I think, uh, I think that might be somewhere. It's not too science fiction at this point. And it's carried on the X chromosome. Is that correct? Uh, yes. Uh, you know, I, so, so even though men are the ones that get it, so they have the X and Y chromosome, the the X chromosome is the one that it's carried on. So they only have the one X chromosome. So that's the one that's expressed. The, the women are often the carriers because they have the two X chromosomes. And so it, you, it's, very, it's very rare for women to have true color vision deficiency. Uh, I believe it's like around 1%. Uh, it can happen, but it's, less, it's far less common. But uh, oftentimes it is just passed on because your mother had two X chromosomes and one of the X chromosome that had that genetic change for color deficiency was passed on to the male. So yeah, thanks for asking that. And other than genetics, what else could cause color vision issues? So any sort of diseases that do affect the central part of the eye, if for some reason the, the macula where all the cones are kind of more centered on, that can cause some subtle effects. The some people who have optic nerve conditions or swelling, like let's say somebody has optic neuritis, uh, a swelling of their optic nerve and the, the more neurological pathways in their brain, usually associated with multiple sclerosis, they have this kind of acute swelling of the optic nerve that can cause a desaturation of color because that's just the information going from the retina to the brain. Otherwise, uh, uh, What's another one? Nutritional deficiency could possibly cause a similar effect. But uh, a lot of times there's, there aren't that many acquired causes of color vision deficiency. And you talk about uh, the uh, protonomia, deutonomia, they're both red green. Could you tell the difference between those two and how people, what they perceive when they're, you know, when they're looking in, in, in real life? Yeah, uh, no, I'll, I'll have to think about this a little bit just to make sure. So deuteranomalies, uh, these individuals see red more. So they have usually a deficiency somewhere with the, the green cones. They're, they don't perceive green as well. And so things tend to be more of a red hue, where protonopia is just the opposite. 
It's where they're not seeing red as well. So they end up seeing things a little bit more on the green hue. Now, it's not that they're walking around their whole world is the color green uh, or red. In fact, uh, when they try to make uh, color schematics to kind of show people who have typically normal color vision what somebody may see, things are often more of kind of a brownish color because there's so much confusion between the different zones. And the, the tritans or people that have trouble seeing blue, mm -hmm. uh, there's actually a test now, uh, a computerized test that tests for blue. And some, some glaucoma specials actually use it because those cones may drop out quicker in, a, in an early glaucoma patient. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, color vision definitely could be used uh you know for helping us with disease treatment and you know as things get more sophisticated and we could test these different types of color vision anomalies right macu health your science born and tested solutions for visual performance macular degeneration and dry eye syndrome new products coming soon embrace the science the all eyes visual vrp is a portable vision testing platform that includes visual fields acuity color vision testing pupillometry and extraocular motility. The visual leverages virtual reality, artificial intelligence, and augmented technologies to enable eye care providers to test for and monitor common eye diseases. Visit alleyes.com for more information. And, and in your clinic, are you using D15 or are you just using Ishihara or using computers? We have a D15, uh, we have uh, the Wagner testing, uh, and then typically we have it on a computerized system uh, and typically, and usually I think our, our pediatric specialist is usually the one who's doing that screening, uh, especially for young kids. Cause we're, you know, a lot of that, a lot of parents come in wanting to know, Hey, you know, dad's colorblind. Will my son be colorblind? They usually ask that. It's also a clever way to kind of tell if a kid is faking the need for glasses, right? A lot of kids come in, they're like, I need glasses. And it's like, well, you, you, you failed even the basic color vision plate that everybody should be able to see, even for people who you know, are completely color vision deficient. Uh, it's like uh, what I always, I always tell them. So did anybody in your class get glasses that you really like? Oh yeah. You know, Mary got them and they're so cute. You know, you get this little eight year old girl and trying to try to trying to fool me, but you know, sometimes they're pretty good at fooling you. Right. Yeah. No, they, they, it's, that's uh, actually uh, our pediatric specialist at our clinic. He had, gave a really great presentation. We always do uh, like Friday morning presentations, uh, kind of um, a grand round sort of thing. And he presented one just like understanding uh, really tough cases where people are often faking <laughs> that, they, that they have vision loss uh, and usually around kids because that's their specialty. But it's in it's, uh, the critical thinking of the investigations, eye doctors, what tools you need to use to really find, does somebody truly need glasses? Is there some other functional vision loss that's developing? What do you have to do to prove that, that they actually are going to benefit from it? Um, and that's just one of, the, one of the funny tools is color vision. You know, when I did my residency at SUNY and I, in conjunction with the VA, there was always this rumor. Now, I don't know if this was true or not, but one of the very famous uh, retina doctors there, retinal optometrists over at SUNY, supposedly they would hire somebody who was trying to get disability for being, being blind, but they would say that they, you know, but they 
they, they, the doctors thought the patient was faking and the insurance company thought the patient was faking. So they would actually have somebody come in, uh, if it was a male, a woman, then she would take off her shirt and to see their reaction. And apparently they did that in the clinic. I can't guarantee a hundred percent, but that was the rumor. So I don't know yeah, if you've not, ever heard something like that. I'm not that sure about the, uh, <laughs> uh, the, the ethics of that one, but. That was the old days. You probably there there is, there is that. that there, there is that chance. I mean, you're kind of, that's a high risk, high reward sort of scenario where you try to scare the patient quick or do something that's really shocking to see if they'll notice. But uh, that, is, that is kind of funny. So one of my favorite parts in the, your color vision is when you talk about the extra striated cortex, a tumor in the extra striated cortex, and you go like this. So if you could explain what happens if you have a tumor or a stroke in that part of the occipital, that part of the occipital cortex, the occipital cortex, of course, is what controls our vision. Um, so, I'll, I'll be honest, it's been a while since I made that video, and I don't know if I can explain that the best right now. <laughs> okay, so it's when the, you, you get your color vision goes from color vision to black and white. So I just thought it was great the way you did that. You snapped your fingers and, and I, thought that, I thought that was pretty, pretty good. Right. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, in that, you remember, in that, I don't know if you remember doing it now. It's, that was, uh, you know, that was like two years ago when I made that. That's a tough thing is that I, I make these videos. I make like at least one video a week. And I look back and I forget some of them that I've made. And I look back and I'm like, I watch it myself. I'm like, I edited this whole video. I made this. I don't even remember. Uh, the last like two and a half, three years has been an insane blur for me. Um, so I, I kind of, I kind of remember that though, just doing the editing trick where I, I, I just desaturated the entire clip just to kind of visually enhance it so that the people get how quickly that happens. But so I thought that was a really good trick for, you know, uh, an optometrist doing this. I said, well, this guy's fantastic. Thank you. So let, let's talk about color vision glasses. Uh, 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 so X, X Chrome and uh, Kyle Stone uh, colorblind glasses. Have you, anything about that that you could speak on? Yeah. So, you know, the big thing is that uh, so there's uh, a couple of different brands of colorblind glasses that are out there. The one of them that became insanely kind of an overnight uh, social media sensation. And it, anytime you look up online, it's like a cat video, right? People just love watching them. They're, they're funny. They're fun. Uh, it's a lot of people just putting on colorblind glasses and then they break down crying because it's so emotional. And I think it, it does highlight how we take color vision for granted, like how beautiful the world is around us, just the amazing gift of what eyesight is. But the vast majority of those videos, although they're very heartwarming, I believe a lot of those people are just faking it for the camera or just making it way more like dramatic because uh, the colorblind glasses, yes, they, they, do, they do tend to help people. I even have a friend who is color vision deficient uh, and I bought some of these glasses and had him try them and he confirmed like, yeah, like, wow, this is pretty cool. Like he can see subtle shades a lot more contrasty he's able to kind of pull things apart did but he start it, crying what was that did he start crying he did not start crying <laughs> no he, he was like wow this is actually pretty cool but it, it wasn't like going from a world of like brown colors to just being like boom like normal color that most people kind of i always say normal color because everybody's it's like impossible to know exactly how every person perceives color 
because they all we all have like subtle different amounts of um of different rods and cones but uh the there's different brands of them there's traditionally one brand uh called n chroma and they they've They've been around for some time now, but they're usually the ones that you see promoted quite a bit. They're a bit more expensive, and I have a pair of them that I got because I did a review of them. They are of better quality optically. The, the lenses, the frames, uh, they are made well. The, the other brands that are available, there's a few of them now. Even some private label brands, I think, that iClinics will, will sell uh, but one of the more cheaper discount brands, because online, everyone's always asking, you know, hey, what's this one brand? Is this really that good? Can I just get the cheaper off-brand version? Uh, there's a brand out of largely made in China, but it's called Pilestone. Uh, and those lenses are a little bit different. They have a lot more variety based on what kind of color deficiency you may have. They're not as good a quality of lens materials, I find, but... Uh, at least showing in the videos, kind of holding up those lenses through the camera filter. I've had a lot of people claim that it does help them just even through the camera that they're able to see uh, different shades. The, uh, from my understanding, the technology, at least with Pilestone glasses, is that there are different types of filters built into the lenses that neutralize a almost confusion zone between the different uh, kind of sensitivities of wavelengths that the cones and the retina are sensitive to. So it kind of blocks out the confusion area. So it makes it a lot more of a, a jump from one color to the next. So it's a lot more obvious rather than being confused between the subtle hues of an orange. Uh, you, you see more of like, oh, that's definitely red versus that's definitely green. It just kind of removes some of that confusion zone. But Do you think color vision deficiency really affects, if you are deficient, one of the 8% of men or half percent of females, which I think is a lot less than that, but uh, do, you, do you think it affects their life very much? For most people, no. Uh, I've, I've had a couple, I've had one person I've met who had uh, pretty, I don't know if he had exact rod monochromacy, but he was pretty close. Uh, he was actually a teacher of mine in like junior high, but uh, I mean, for most people I know, they've, they've never really had any difficulties. I think the biggest thing is uh, maybe consider not going into some different professions, like maybe the Air Force or being in the military may not be the best option. Uh, you know, um, I think at one point being like an, an, just a commercial air pilot wasn't the best option. I think I'm not sure if that still holds true or not. Uh, but I do remember a, my calculus teacher in high school, he told us how when he was growing up, he wanted a job on the railroad and he memorized the color vision test because he would otherwise fail it. Uh, and he needed to do that to get that job. <laughs> I thought that was, I thought that was pretty good. Right. An electrician, you know, that type of thing. Mm. So the next well, video. Well, I would say even the wires for electricians, though, those are usually coded now. Yeah, uh, not just color coded, but like they have tags on them, they have numbers on them. So, so I mean, if they're working maybe on an older house, oh yeah, maybe that's, you that's know, a good point. maybe that, that that's that's an issue. So the next video, you actually had three million views. Ibags. So tell us about Ibags. Right. So I, uh, you know, the funny thing about that video, and basically anybody who's in the world of either maybe dermatology in the world of uh, cosmetic surgery and certainly in eye care, 
eye bags is not really a medical concern, uh, at least not a medical emergency, I'll put it that way. But we see them so often and they just kind of come with age. So when people come in they're, they're, and they complain of their eye bags, we're always like, yeah, but that's not as concerning as the bleeding going on in your retina. <laughs> but, but people are concerned about their appearance, uh, how it affects their ego and everything in their life. So uh, it is a, a hyper-focused question, a very popular topic when it comes to online and YouTube. So uh, the basic thing is that as we get older, the tissue underneath the eye, uh, there's a, a small tissue called the septum that holds back a lot of the orbital fat around the eye. And as we get older, uh, and for different aging reasons, and maybe for some people more than others, this tissue becomes more elastic and starts to kind of lose some collagen, droops outward. And so the orbital fat starts to protrude underneath due to gravity underneath the eye. And so you start to get this like larger bag-like appearance underneath the eyes. So that that uh, is primarily what's going on. The, the video, I tried to really address that there are a lot of, there's a lot of products on the market that say they'll get rid of under eye bags, which I try, you know, it's like, oh, I'll trust this thing for $14 when, you know, you go see a, a eye care professional who says, yeah, we need to do surgery on this. Is that $14 Amazon cure really going to, really going to cure it? Uh, and then, uh, then there's always those other, you know, all the other tricks about putting cold spoons to your eyelids and things like that. And in that video, I tried to just explain, well, the cold is good because it constricts blood vessels. And so if you do have swelling, because there's always a confusion, I find uh, people think, oh, when I have swollen eyelids, it's a little bit different than having a true under eye bag. But getting cold, like cold compresses to the eyelids, uh, that can help with puffy eyes related to allergies, uh, maybe salt imbalances in your tear film, especially if you maybe watched a sad movie the night before and you cried a whole bunch. Uh, that can result in swollen eyelids the next morning. So cold compresses, the frozen spoon trick maybe has a role, but for people who have true under eye bags and, and surgical correction right now is really the only thing that we have. And how about cucumbers? Right. Same, same <laughs> sort of idea, the, the coldness effect. Uh, I suppose you can, you can kind of argue that anti, maybe the antioxidants in the cucumber mm. will help, uh, but uh, I bet uh, dermatologists themselves would probably kind of be like no that's probably not doing anything and that's probably if you have a high if you have a high if you have a bad diet a lot of processed foods eat a lot with, with salt in it you know the salt could uh cause water to accumulate and cause the the eyes to be a little bit swollen so like diet affects everything it does so, so let's talk about this eye cream you know the, the serum albumin causing a little bit of tightening and uh how about retinol well, the concerns for a lot of these, a lot of these different creams and moisturizers and all these different cures and things for that that you put on the eyelids, a lot more research is coming out now that concerns us about damage to oil glands, the very sensitive glands in the eyelids, and that that could cause long-term consequences in response to dry eye. I know your a recent uh, podcast that you guys released, you guys talked a lot about dry eyes and you mentioned meibomian gland deficiencies. Uh, and that's, that's a big concern. Uh, we're just kind of starting to round the corner and better understanding how cosmetics and uh, different 
different medications can cause damage to these glands. Uh, and if this happens at a young age, like if you, if you start taking some uh, medications at a young age that help with acne, that can end up permanently damaging your oil glands for, for your entire life. And then you're kind of plagued to suffer through, through a lot of dry eye. So it's, it can yeah, be, it can, can be serious. I mean, that could be a problem with retinol, which is a vitamin A uh, derivative, and you could get depigmentation, uh, blepharoconjunctivitis uh, from as a side effect to the retinol. The, the dry eye divas, you've probably heard of them. Uh, you know, they have the top ten uh, uh, offending uh, agents that you want to try to avoid. So they have benzoconium chloride, alcohol, uh, parabens, uh, retinol. Uh, from out different formaldehydes. So they have some good information on what's the right type of cosmetics to use and what is the wrong type of creams to use and how they could affect the how they could affect the eyes. Right. And I think uh, a lot of the research on that uh, is just starting to come out. I imagine as time goes on, uh, we're going to find a lot more ingredients in those sort of cosmetics uh, or anything that we potentially put on our face could be having effects, especially on those sensitive glands. I did a really good podcast with Jennifer Lyerly, Dr. Lyerly. I don't know if you know mm -hmm. her. Yeah. And she's, she's very good. And we did, you know, I did it when I first started doing podcasts and uh, it's funny, the first time I did her podcast, her baby was crying and you know, she was trying to hold the baby and I said, well, we have to redo this. And uh, then we did it again, but it was really very good. It was one of the early ones. Uh, but protection, if you want to protect your eyes, typically, what do you recommend when people go out to protect their eyelids? And, uh, Number one is UV light. Uh, wide brim hats, they reduce about 30% of the exposure. Sunglasses, making sure they have UV light protecting sunglasses. I'm a sunglasses fanatic myself. I'm always trying to collect cool sunglasses that I find. Uh, for people who are especially at higher risk, uh, if you've ever noticed the sport type of sunglasses that have more of a wraparound effect around the eyes, those protect a little bit more just because you're not having light bounce off your cheek. They hit the back of the lens that gets to your eye. Uh, those are usually the biggest things, um, uh, at least in terms of kind of environmental exposures, right? Sunlight, wind, dust, those sort of things. Then, uh, then I typically recommend for people to try to clean their eyelids because unfortunately blepharitis uh, is something that eye doctors see all the time. And I start seeing it even at young ages, like 12, 13, especially in contact lens wearers. Uh, and when I start seeing that, uh, I actually start having a conversation just about very friendly conversation about hygiene <laughs> with, with like the parent, with like the, the, like the teenager there uh, and telling them like, hey, you know, the American Academy of Dermatology recommends to wash your face twice a day. And that should include your eyelids um, at least once a day, just to make sure that all that oil and the bacteria, all of the biofilm, we're cleaning that away. Uh, unfortunately, I think for most of us, we we don't want soap in our eyes. In fact, most soap that you buy says do not get in your eyes. Uh, so thankfully, now there's a lot more eye safe products that are coming out uh, specifically made to clean your eyelids. One of the things that I've noticed from practicing many years is that if I clean up somebody's diet, I hydrate them. And mm -hmm. we talk a little bit about structured water, which I did a podcast with Dr. Gerald Pollack. And just adding, like, like I am here, adding blueberries into the water makes the water more like gel 
and you absorb it a little bit better. And if you absorb it and you're eating better, your skin, your skin gets better. And that includes your eyelids and exercise as well. I know you're, you, you do a lot of exercise and yeah, I mean, I, I used to back in college, I used to run marathons and now, um, in the last year I've gotten into mixed martial arts. My, one of my best friends, it changed his life. Uh, just him going, uh, from somebody who was largely couldn't barely walk. He, he was a bit of a couch potato, but he, uh, got into mixed martial arts. He started doing, uh, jujitsu and into Muay Thai boxing and he doesn't compete, but he just does it as, as kind of his exercise. And I'm like, you know what, you're my best friend. I'm going to give it a try. And so that's what I've been doing for the last year. And it's fun. It's a, it's a good exercise. The All Eyes Visual VRP is a portable vision testing platform that includes visual fields, acuity, color vision testing, pupillometry, and extraocular motility. The visual leverages virtual reality, artificial intelligence, and augmented technologies to enable eye care providers to test for and monitor common eye diseases. Visit alleyes.com for more information. Your eyes and your vision are under attack, damaging blue light from the sun. Your phone, your computer, your tablet, even light bulbs and car headlights is constantly bombarding you. The good news is our eyes actually already have a line of defense to counter the effects of blue light. This defense is made up of three pigments called carotenoids. MacuHealth with Micromycel, the only supplement with the exclusive patent on all three macular carotenoids and Micromycel technology. Fitting multifocal contact lenses presents a big opportunity to meet patient needs while growing your practice. Alcon is your partner, not only with our innovative portfolio, but through e-learning. Learn to enhance your multifocal strategy today with the Alcon Experience Academy. OIE Broadcasting is the emerging leader in social media. We use scientific entertainment to drive more patients into your office. Visit OIEBroadcasting.com and sign up today. Each generation was supposed to be healthier than the last one. Lifespan was supposed to be increasing. We were supposed to be in this paradise by now. Instead of getting healthier and healthier, it seems to have gone the opposite way. Millennials were projected to be the first generation in history to not outlive the generation before them. We are certainly headed for disaster. I think a lot of people are beginning to question the whole story. We live in a time where the paradigms are shifting. And the optometrist, in my opinion, is one of the best kept secrets. The public doesn't realize about going to the eye doctor. So many different diseases actually manifest in the eye. The back of the eye is the only place in the body that you could actually see the blood vessels. Completely non-invasively, you can screen thousands of people, not just for their eye health, but for their whole body health. Because this disease is here, it's also going to be here. And I can look into the back of my eyeball, and there are expert doctors on the ground who are looking at my eyeball while I'm doing it. The eye is the canary of the mind. The eye is the kingdom. Will everyone please open their
Since I bought Safe for You, my dad makes me clean his boat. Es natural y es un buen producto. Every time I go back to school, my mom always makes sure that I have my Safe for You products. I bring extra and my roommates certainly don't mind. It's a good thing I had Safe for You to clean up after this little guy. When my hands get dry, I like to wash them with Safe for You. And most importantly, the reason why I buy Safe for You is because it's safe for me and you.